I remember when we were in Dallas, Texas, we were swimming outside in February. So that, uh, that's one thing I miss about that place. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to start with a word this morning, or word this evening, before we uh, before we jump into worship. But um, I just felt like uh, I wanted to go a little different direction here, so or, or do it do it a little differently. So, um, so I'm going to start out with um, in Ezekiel 47. Um, if you want to open your Bibles or your electronic devices, whatever you got. Um, open up to Ezekiel 47. This, this might be a familiar passage to many of you, but um, it's a really good part of Scripture. It kind of tells, go, kind of talking about where we're headed tonight. So, um, Ezekiel 47, in verse 1, it says, <clears throat> Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple. Toward the east, for the front of the temple faced, faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east, with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 cubits, or I'm sorry, 1,000, and brought me through. And the water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there, along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves where Ever the river goes, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from En-Gadai and en Elglam. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds of the, of the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river on, the side, on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees, 
used for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be food and their leaves for medicine. So, question, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to go deeper? Are you ready to go deeper? Right? We need to go deeper. God wants us to go deeper. I think it's interesting that he says he brought me through. Right? He brought me through. He doesn't give us a shove and say, good luck. You know? I hope, I hope it works out for you. You know? No, he brings us through. He's there with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's with us in it. The level of blessing you experience is determined by how deep you are willing to go. The level of blessing that you experience is determined by how deep you want to go. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You can be all in or you can be partially in. The choice is yours. You can jump all the way in, get all the way in and go over your head so that it's a river flowing over you or you can just go ankle deep. It's up to you. So how do we go deeper? Submit at a greater level. Right? We need to submit to him at a greater level. That's how we go deeper, just by submitting. Submit to his leading. Submit to his word. Submit to his desire to do a good work in you. Amen? And what prevents us from going deeper? It's the number one thing that prevents us from going deeper. Fear, right? Fear is a, is a crippling disease. And we need to overcome that fear. And only God can help us to fully overcome that fear. In him. You know, we, we ask for the what ifs, or we, we ask a lot of what ifs. What if people think I'm crazy? Well, they already do, so get over it. What if my whole life changes? You know, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. If I go deeper, I mean, everything's gonna change. It's gonna look different, right? What if I'm asked to do something uncomfortable? Like pray or speak in front of somebody or a group of people, right? Or go out and witness. What if God calls me to do something? Heaven forbid, what if God calls me to go to Africa, right? then go to Africa, amen? So we need to allow God to, to help us to overcome that fear and to go deeper. So I wanted to share that before we, so if the worship team could come and, and, uh, and worship, I just wanted to share that first before we start to worship because it's time to go deeper. Amen. It's time to go deeper amen. and it's your choice how deep you go. 
It's your choice on how deep you go and how much you submit to his leading, how much you submit to him. You can go as deep as you want. He'll take you until you're over your head. If, you're wa- if, if that's what you want, if that's where you want to go, you can get into a river that cannot be crossed. Amen? So, as we worship, let's just keep that in mind. This is a time to connect with the creator of the universe. Give him glory and praise, and he's going to take you deeper and deeper. Amen? What I have is a gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So te kundro boko se te makataro kundra Decisions, decisions, decisions made this year. Critical ones where you need to rely on being led by the Spirit of God. Scripture. I will instruct and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. As you're seeking God, lean to the word of God, for he will guide you with his word. He will talk to you in that still small voice about the decisions. You that are watching online, you need to pick up this interpretation for it applies to decisions in your home in your personal life listen carefully now it has an application for you spiritually in every decision this year scripture to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein you're accepted in the beloved. Thank you, Jesus. It's all about him, isn't it? It's all about Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. We just call upon your name, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you would be here with us tonight. We know that your spirit is here already. Thank you, Father, for inhabiting the praises of your people. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory and honor. You are worthy to be praised. Worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. Glory be to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to your name, Father. Right. Well, hopefully that got things warmed up a little bit for you and got the blood flowing a little bit. So, well, praise God. I want to pray and then uh, we're going to share a word here this this evening and we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Father God, we thank you so much for who you are, Lord God, and what you're doing. Father, I thank you that you're I thank you that you're in charge, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit is ruling and reigning. Father, I thank you that that we can come before you 
Lord God, and that you speak to us. You speak to our hearts, Lord God. You change us from the inside out. Father, I pray that this evening that, that my tongue would be like the pen of a ready writer, speaking your word, sharing what you want, to, what you want your people to hear, Lord God. And that would be just food for our soul, Lord God. Your word is true, your word is good, and we thank you for it. And we bless you, we give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I, had a, I, was, I, was, I was arguing with God. No, I did not win. I was arm wrestling, I had an arm wrestle match with him and he eventually won. Um, about what I was gonna share tonight. I was gonna share something totally different and, and he kept kind of poking me and saying, no, this is what I want you to share. I'm like, no, but I, I've, it was a sermon that I, that, I, that I preached last Sunday. And I'm like, that, that's lame. Take a, take a sermon that you preach one, uh, you know, a Sunday previously and then go and, and just read, you know. See, it just, it just seems you know, kind of lame. But God didn't really care about that, about my feelings, right? So share it, right, I know. He didn't care about my feelings. So I said, share it anyway. And it was actually Kathy DeMar that prayed something this morning in, uh, you know, in, in, our, in prayer time. And, uh, and it just confirmed it. It was like, no, that, that's what you're supposed to, supposed to share tonight. And so, um, so for those of you that have heard this already, I apologize. <coughs> But um, I think it's something that uh, that's that's uh, I think it's something that's really important that we're going to have to uh, look at and, and deal with, and um, especially going into the the times that we're in and the times we're going into. Um, I think this is going to be something that is going to be a could potentially be a big issue that 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 we need to that we need to address, and so. Um, if you would, open up to uh, Galatians chapter 1. And I'm going to start in, uh, I'm going to just start in verse 6. It says, Paul, writing to the Galatians, um, you know, and, and, and he had uh, established some churches in Galatia, and he brought the truth to them, into the truth of the word, the truth of the gospel, and, uh, and he identifies himself um, as an apostle, as an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. So, you know, here's Paul giving, giving, giving the credit to who, to who, where the credit should go, right? He says, I'm an apostle, but not from men. It's not, it's not, it's not man who, who gave me this title. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's, so he greets them, and, and then in verse six he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. So here's Paul telling you know, the churches that he's established, he's like, you know, I brought the truth to you and I, you're turning away from it so soon. Like it's just, it's, what, what happened here? You know? You, you had the truth and now you're turning away from it from a, for, to a different gospel. So there were, there were some, some, uh, some other 
um, preachers that were coming in and, and, and giving a different gospel. Well, if it's a different gospel, guess what? It's not true. There's one true gospel, right? And so if they were giving him a different gospel, then they were turning away from the truth. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And so what he's talking about here is there were those who were trying to um, reestablish man-made rules in the church of Galatia. Galatia came, they, the churches were established and, and he brought the true gospel and they were free in the gospel, in the true gospel. And now these people are coming back in and, and perverting the gospel and what they're trying to do is put, is put man-made rules on them. You gotta, you gotta follow these rules and you've gotta do these things and, and in, order to, you know, in order to really be Christians. And, and Paul's coming in and correcting that. He says, but even, even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we, pre- what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That's pretty heavy language, <laughs> right? That's pretty, that's, pretty, that's pretty serious. Let him be accursed. You know, if, if you preach any, any other gospel than the true, one true gospel, As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches, so he tells them a second time. So he's, he's, he's you know, Paul was always serious, but he's now he's serious, serious. Right? He's saying it twice. He says, as I have said before, now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. And this is the part that I want to get to, uh, verse 10. For do I, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So whose approval do you seek? Right? That's the question. Whose approval do you seek? And Paul's saying, look, I don't seek man's approval. I seek the approval of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And this is an age, obviously, this is an age-old issue. It's something that's been around for a long time, and Paul wrote, you know, about it quite a bit. You know, people, he'd go into a place and he'd preach a gospel, and then people would try to come in and put other rules on them and make them follow those rules again. And so, there really isn't nothing new under the sun, right? As it says in Ecclesiastes, it's nothing new under the sun. It's not anything we haven't seen before. And, uh, and so, but it is, it's, been, it's, it's something I think that is very, very um, a problem. And I think it's something that will continue to become more of an issue in the days ahead. And we need to be aware of it. And we need to, we need to deal with it. It's what we're seeing in the world today. And I, I, I hate, for lack of a better term, or for, it's, you know, when we, when we hear about social justice, you know, there's social justice versus God's justice. You know that, that there, are, there, are, there are believers that are being fed a different gospel 
If we follow God's justice, guess what? It's all gonna fall into place. We're gonna treat people the way God wants us to treat them and the way they should be treated, right? The world's trying to draw us in and follow their man-made rules. It says in Ecclesiastes 4.4, it says again, I say that for all toil and every skillful work, a man is envied by his neighbor. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. So all the toil and all the stuff and all the thing, you know, I, I did this and I did this and all the toil and all the, all the things that we do, you know, and that approval of man, it's like grasping for the wind. Anybody ever caught the wind with your hand? I want to talk to you afterwards if it did. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <clears throat> right? That's why Paul warns us so directly about it. It's a trap that is easy to fall into. It's a trap that the world sets for us, and it's easy to fall into. But you know what? When we're, once we fall into it, it's not easily escaped from. It's really difficult to escape from that. And it's dangerous. It can lead us to abandon the truth, like it did in, in Galatia, in the, in the Galatians. They abandoned the truth, or they were abandoning the truth, right? So why do we strive so hard for the approval of man? Perhaps it's a form of heart disease. It's a matter of the heart, right? It's a matter of the heart. It says in Jeremiah 17, nine through 10, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. And in, in Proverbs 19, three, it says a person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. So this is a problem of the heart. This approval that we are trying to gain from man, right? And again, in Jeremiah 2, 13, it says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So when we try to do this, when we try to, when we try to gain approval from man, it's like, it's like a, a cistern that doesn't hold any water. It just, it's leaky, right? It's not, worth, it's not worth anything. It's not useful. Craving human praise is a cistern that cannot hold water. And we know that the, the word talks about that Jesus gives the living water. He's the one that gives the living water, right? The living water comes from him. He gives us that living water. And only he can satisfy. Only he can satisfy. You know, the, the approval of man doesn't satisfy. You know, when we try to gain the approval of man, it's, it's insatiable. It's not something that we can, that, that will satisfy. It's, it's, it never will. Only the living water from Jesus is what can satisfy. 
Ephesians 5 through 6, uh, Ephesians 6, 5 through 6, it says, Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in, in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Right? It's a heart issue. We need to please God from, from operating out of our heart. Right? Not trying to please men. We don't want to be men pleasers. Slaves of Christ, right? That's a, I know that's a touchy word, you know. But we're slaves of Christ in a good way. And as slaves of Christ, we will, be, we will do the will of God from our heart and not try to be men pleasers. From him we have the water that is everlasting. You know, the, the, when we try to, when we try to get, gain the approval of men, we try to, to try to please men, that's temporal. It's not everlasting. We aren't building anything that, that is, that is, that is, that is uh, everlasting. There's a quote from uh, one of the writers that I, that I, when as I was studying this, it says, no, the condition of man's heart hasn't changed there are just new ways with every new app and social media for man's desire for praise to express itself in public, right? We have, we have so much access to so many things now in this day and age to try, you know, you know I mean, how many likes do you have on Facebook, right? How many people do you have following you on Instagram? You know, it's about how many followers you have and how many likes you have and how many this you have and how many that you have. God, this, that, that, that's, a, that's approval of men. That's gaining praise from men. That's right. right? Not saying that those are inherently, you know, bad, but they can lead to that. They can, it can lead to a, a real problem. And we know that, that social media, just as an example, has caused lots of problems, in, especially in young people, right? Lots of mental health issues, lots of suicide, lots of just real, real problems. And if we don't get a handle on it, it's not gonna get any better. And maybe I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> but I don't think so. That's just one example. A heart after God seeks the approval of God. When we have a heart after God, we seek his approval. You know, think about Paul. You know, when Paul talks about, you know, all the things that he was, that he had to brag about. You know, I was, the, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was from a good line, of, a good name, a good line of, Jewish, of Jews, you know. We had, you know, he, I, he listed it all off. I had this, and I had this, and I had this. And he, was the top, he was top of the class. I mean, he, he could brag, and he said, if anybody has any reason to, to boast, it'd be me. But what did he call it? Rubbish. Good English word, rubbish. 
right? Good old English word, rubbish. He, he is garbage. It wasn't, it wasn't worth anything. And here's a guy that had everything. And then he had his, had, then he, then he had his dad, Damascus Road experience. Changed everything. Remember I said in the beginning about going deeper? You know, when Paul went deeper, everything changed for him. Everything changed. 180 degrees change. He no longer was a persecutor of the church, but a builder. When you think about David, obviously, with man after God's own heart, you know, he was, he was, he was, not, a, he was not a perfect man by any means. He messed up a lot. But it was after all the stuff that, that, that you know, with, you know, his incident with, you know, the rooftop experience. It's a little different than Paul's Damascus Road experience. But it was after all that that God said, he's a man after my own heart. If we follow God and love him with all our hearts, then we must recant our allegiances and compromises with trying to impress others. Trying to boast, I'm sorry, trying to boost our own self-esteem through making earthly comparisons and trying to achieve what only God can give. Right? So we're not trying to, to gain that approval from men. There are many ways approval of man can take form. Just a, here's just a few of here's if, just a few of the ways that this can take form. Obviously, crave uh, crave for praise and recognition, right? We want that praise and recognition from people. We want to just we want to we want people to see us as, you know, hey, great job, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. We you know we that's there's there's something to be said about words of affirmation and things like that, right? But that's not ultimately where we get our approval from. John 12, 42 through 43 says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. They were more concerned about being put out of the synagogue than confessing Christ. They believed him and they accepted it, but they didn't want to be put out of the, syn- out of the synagogue, so they, they you know, stayed quiet. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So that's the form that it can take. That can, it, it can, be, that can you know, get us in a real uh, slippery slope. Oh, what about self-imposed restrictions? You know, unwilling to speak the truth in love to someone that needs to hear the truth in love, right? We, we put those, those restrictions on ourselves because we don't want to sound crazy or we don't want to, you know, maybe we'll offend somebody. Jesus offended people all the time. He spoke the truth in love, but he, he, it was, they, they, were, they were offended. They, there was offense taken. It was still the truth and they still needed to hear it.
Or how about, about, how about changing or adapting your point of view, otherwise known as compromise, right? We, we compromise because we don't, wanna, we don't wanna stir the pot, you know? I don't know, I don't know about you, but I work in a place where you know you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to rock the boat too much, you know you kind of you know just go with, go with the flow and you know don't bother anybody and whatever. But you know there are times when when people need to hear the truth. We give in to the pressures that that we feel. You know you don't you, you, the Galatians were feeling some pressures. They had some people coming in and they were pressuring them, trying to put these man-made rules on them. You know, there's a, there's a uh, term in counseling that we use where it, it talks about the difference between what somebody believes and how somebody acts. And it's, the, it's a word called dissonance. It's also used in a, in a musical sense, right? It's a difference between how you act, what you believe and how you act. And there's a, there's a, it's, a, it's like there's like a gap between those two things. That's what happens when we compromise, right? We say we believe this, but then we're, we won't act in the way to, to show that we do believe that. I remember back in, when I was in high school, they, did a, they were doing a, an experiment in a, in a, I don't know if it was a psychology class or whatever, but I was a teacher's aide. That was my, that was my class. How easy is that, right? I mean, anyway, I was a teacher's aide. That was my class. I was—I think I was probably a junior or senior, and um, uh, so I was sitting in the in the you know in the, the teachers' lounge or whatever the you know wherever the teachers' aide sat, and I was correcting papers or whatever. And somebody from the class came down and said, "Hey, we want you to come down to class. We, we you know we're, we're we're working on a project or whatever." I was like, "Okay, no problem." So I came down and, and I, I came in the room and in front of the room there were about, I don't know, 12 or so chairs sitting across the front of the room. And the rest of the class was sitting at their desks and whatever. And so they, they had, you know, 11 people were sitting up front and they had one chair open for me. And I was like third or fourth chair down or whatever it was. And uh, so I sat down and, and they said, okay, we're gonna ask some questions and we want you to raise this finger if it's, you know, if you agree, if it's yes, and this finger if it's no, or whatever, and okay, I mean, that sounds easy enough. I mean, I wasn't that smart, but I could, I could follow that. So, so they started going through these questions. Well, each time they would ask a question, if you answered it correctly, the class would laugh and joke and point at you and mock and whatever, to see how you would respond. Everybody else was in on it except for me, so which, which I was really ticked after that. I, when I found out that they were like, this was a setup, I was really upset, I was mad. And stormed off and got all flustered with the teacher. But it was interesting because it showed how, how much we will go with peer pressure, right? If, if we get mocked and ridiculed, and, it, and, the, and the, the word talks about it, right? That the world is going to, we're going to get persecuted. There's going to be persecution. Well, how are you going to respond to that? Are you going to shrink back and compromise? You know, or are you going to stick with the truth? And so that's just one, another, another way that this can take form. 
Obviously, fear or shrinking back, you know, is a, is a big one. We t- we, I talked about that a little bit. You know, when, you, when we're fearful, it causes us to shrink back. You know, we, we know that, um, that the word talks about, you know, that to, to be strong and courageous, to be very strong and courageous. Joshua, I think, right? If I'm right? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> strong and courageous. Right, he tells them three times to be courageous, right? Now, don't fear, right? But just, I mean, it doesn't mean that we, we can't be afraid. It's just... Go making sure we, we go through, we walk through that fear, right? We keep moving forward. We don't shrink back when we get fearful. We keep moving forward toward the truth. And so that can be a really tough spot to be in. Think about it, you know, if you're going out in the streets and you're, you know, you're, you're sharing the gospel with people. You know, if, you, if there's fear and you're shrinking back, you're not going to share the gospel with somebody. Right? Well... I don't know. Maybe I should. I remember that. I remember when we were at the, um, we had a, um, the flood run down in Prescott, and you know, bikers everywhere, right? Big burly. Remember, remember you remember you were down there. Vern, Vern walks up to the biggest, baddest biker. Okay, he puts his finger right in his chest and he says, "You know that Jesus loves you." And I'm thinking, not me. <laughs> I'm glad it was Vern. Right? No, I got two guys that were intoxicated come over and talk to me, you know. And, and I don't think the one guy was much interested in, you know, in really hearing the truth or whatever. But, um, but, I, but there were some seeds planted, you know. But I could easily just, you know shrunk back and, you know, because they were, they, 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 were, they were mocking and they were, you know, having a little, you know, fun at my expense or whatever, but it was kind of like, well, you know what? You, you either hear it or you don't, right? They who have ears, let them hear. Yeah. So, but we can't let fear cause us to shrink back because we're afraid of what somebody might think or say. Rejection, obviously, is, is another one, a feeling of rejection. It's like a powerful drug addiction. You know, rejection is, is something that we can experience on a, on a real um, deep level. You know, and we're feeling... Re- I, used to, I used to travel the five-state area selling book bags and backpacks to college bookstores. I think it was probably the worst thing I ever did in my life. Traveled the five-state area, drive around. I'd go to these book, these these college bookstores, and I I didn't they I didn't have a catalog to leave them. You know, I just had a business card, and I'd bring my you know little kit, and I'd show them all these things and whatever. And you know, I don't know. I got tired of getting the door slammed in my face. Talk about rejection. What's that? <laughs> oh, tooth. <laughs> I'm not telling the toothbrush joke, right? But it was. It was like it, rejection. You know, that was, that was tough. That was a hard job. I didn't, I didn't like that job at all. So, yeah, if you go door to, if you're a door-to-door salesman, get used to it. You know, it's, it's you want me to tell, okay, all right. <laughs> all right. What about operating out of a wounded spirit? 
Proverbs 18, 14 said, the spirit of man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? You know, when we're operating out of a broken spirit, it's really hard to, to, um, to, to, to please God in that, right? To seek the wrong approval, right? When we're, when we're wounded. Those, those hurts can go kind of deep. And it's hard to please God. They're hard to, hard to know the difference between who, where, what our, where our approval comes from. Seeking, uh, self-seeking versus humility um, is, is a big one. You know, you think about like Cain and Abel. You know, when Cain and Abel were, were giving their offerings, you know, there, was, there were some differences between, between their offerings there. And um, one, was, one, was very, one was self-seeking and one was done in humility. Um, it's, and perhaps, you know, Abel's, was, uh, Abel's offering was included a blood sacrifice, you know. So he did it right. He did it the way God wanted him to do it. He was trying to seek the approval of God. You know, Cain was doing it as a self-seeking manner and he wasn't given his first fruits, right? And so he was just kind of going through the motions and um, Proverbs 15, eight says, the Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. The one we seek approval from is the one we try to please. Right, so who, whoever you're trying to seek approval from, that's who you're going to try to please. And when we try to seek, when, when we seek to please God, we have freedom. There's freedom in that. Freedom from judgment. Freedom from performance. Well, that's a big one. Freedom from living up to expectations. Anybody ever have expectations put on them from your parents or your grandparents or whoever that you have to live up to? Right? It's hard to live up to those expectations sometimes. But are we supposed to? To some extent, I suppose. Clean your room. <laughs> Clean the house. Freedom from man-made rules. Well, there's freedom. It was for freedom that he set us free. It's freedom. There's freedom in getting in and seeking his approval. There's freedom in seeking to please him. Right? When we're trying to please man, it's a burden, a heavy burden. And we we have to carry that with us. And I, I just, I have news for you, but not, unfortunately, not everyone's going to be cheering you on. That's right. right? It's unfortunate, right? Unfortunately, not everybody's going to be cheering you on, but that's okay. We aren't worried about that. You will face opposition. John 15, 19 says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Well, that's great news. <laughs> right? 
That's great. That's really. That, well, I'm sorry. It's truth. It's in the Bible. It says it. I didn't. I didn't write it. It says it in the Bible. Right. But we know that when we face opposition, if we're facing it, the, the heavier the opposition we're facing, the more we are going in the right direction. Right? The enemy doesn't want us to succeed. He wants us to keep us, he wants to keep us under his thumb. Keep us under that the the, the rules of the world. The approval of man is a curse. In Jeremiah 17, 5 through 6, it says, Cursed is a man who trusts in man and makes his flesh his and makes flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a, in a, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Well, that sounds like not a very good place. Doesn't sound like a very pleasant, doesn't sound like what we read in Ezekiel where there were trees planted everywhere and fish were, you know, all over the place and everything was bearing fruit, you know, and, and, and it was growing and, and everything that got into the river had life. This is the total opposite. It's a curse. The approval of man hinders the plan of God in our life from being completely fulfilled. Think about, think about Saul and how he kind of turned from, you know, from the very beginning when he, was, uh, when he was following the Lord and he was seeking the Lord and, and God, you know, appointed him king and he was, he was following and then all of a sudden he turned and he, he exchanged the truth for a lie and he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now seek Man's approval. I'm going to seek my own. I'm going to do it my own way, right? That was a that was a that was a big change, and we know how it turned out for him. It wasn't good. Uh, religious spirit seeks the approval of men. Obviously, we can think about the Pharisees, you know, and how the Pharisees walked through, and they were always seeking that approval of men. They were always trying to, you know, look good in front of everybody and look at, look at how I gave. Look at how much I gave. You know, look at how we pray. We're so holy. We're so wonderful. You know, look at me. You know, it was all about their image. You know, image is everything. Except their image was in the wrong place. They forgot that they were made in the image of God. Right? They were trying to create their own image and, and, and get people to, to appreciate them and, and get, that, get that praise and that approval from, from men. And so a religious spirit, a religious spirit seeks that approval. We're blinded by, by self-interests. Right? And we know that the, the word says that we're supposed to, to put self down. Right? More of him and less of us, right? More of him and less of us. Even if we do not have a strong sense of merit, 
we may crave the same result, namely the praise of men. Jesus warns us to give charity or pray or fast in order, Jesus warns us not to give charity or pray or fast in order to be seen by others. It's a quote by John Piper, right? We're not, to, we're not to do those things before men. It even says, you know, if you're gonna pray, go in your closet and do it. Close, close the closet so, you know, it's between you and God. You know, you're not out there, you know, looking all great before, before men and, and trying to gain your approval from them. Um, our, reward, our reward is either immediate, and I, t- I said this a little earlier, but our reward is either immediate or it's, uh, it's eternal, right? We can, we can get our reward immediately, right? You can have it right now. Have it your way, you know? Have it your way. Now think about all the slogans that we see out there, right? All the advertisements, everything that we see in the world, it's all about right now. Satisfaction, right now. You can have it right now, right? Fast food, have it right now. Microwaves, Right? You can have it immediately. It's immediate, it's immediate gratification and satisfaction. So our reward can either be immediate and temporal or it can be eternal. If you look in Matthew 6, 1 through 4, it says, take heed that you do not... Am I going too fast for you, Tally? <laughs> Matthew 6, 1 through 4. <laughs> Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Sound trumpets. Can you imagine blowing a trumpet and then taking an offering? You know, we're gonna do that next Sunday. Blow, <laughs> blow a trumpet and then take your offering and then go outside and you know, show everybody you know, all, you know, how good you are. They did in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. They got it, immediate. They got their immediate gratification. There you go. That's your reward. That's it. It stops there. They can't take it with them. I had an argument with somebody one time that we talked about whether or not you can, this is a totally side rabbit trail, argument that you could take your money with you when you go to heaven. Like, dude, you can't take anything with you when you die. Oh, no, I'm taking it all with me. Like, good luck. I mean, it's, What? You're not going to take your, 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 your uh, compliments and your praise and everything with you. They got their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. You have an eternal reward from God when you do things to, to, to please him and, and when you are looking to gain his approval or when you're looking to seek his approval. 
God rewards those who seek his approval. And in Colossians 3.23, it says, and whatever you do, do it heartily. Again, from the heart, right? Whatever you do, do it from your heart. Do it from the depths of your heart. That's it, that's, that's, that's it. Do it from your heart. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. You serve the Lord Christ. Do it heartily, right? Don't do it half-heartedly, completely. All in, like I said earlier. If you struggle, if you are one that struggles with the approval of men, you're like, well, how do I even overcome it? Because I can tell you in my own life, before I became a Christian, this was a big issue for me, right? I didn't know the Lord, right? So where was I gonna get my approval in the first place? It wasn't from him because I didn't know him. But then... When I got saved, you know, God started working that out in me. And he started, you know, no, I want, I want you to seek me for what you need. Seek me for that approval. So how do you overcome it? We need to cease striving to gain approval. We have to stop striving to gain approval. Right? We strive so hard to, to, feel, to feel that approval, to feel that importance, to feel that, 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 um, that praise from, from others. And I'm here to tell you that God already approves of you. God already approves of you. So we don't even have, we don't even have to seek it because it's already there. Right? We don't, need, we don't need to strive toward it. God already proves of you. In Christ, God is already pleased with you. So we just need to rest in him. In Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, um, it's on page 1210, um, verse 25 through 30. It says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and I have revealed them to babes. When I read that, I thought, I thought this is not Baywatch. You know, bay, not, you know not, that, not those, not that kind of, it's not Baywatch, babes. You know, it's just not, it's talking about young, young ones, all right? It's just my weird sense of humor when I read things sometimes in the Bible. The prudent, he, he has hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except for the Father, 
nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. Am I in the right place, Tally? Yes. Okay. Nor, anyone, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. And this is what I want to get to. It says, come to me, come to me, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. It's an invitation. The door is open, come to me. He's drawn us in, come to me. All you who, are, who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Anybody tired in here? <laughs> tired? Anybody tired? I just, I'm going to tell you that this morning when I came to prayer, I felt like junk, junk, junk. I don't know what word I can use. In, in junk, is junk is a word. Okay, that's good. Junk works. Is, is that churchy enough? <laughs> okay. I felt horrible, right? I, I was tired. I mean, I was like to the point where I, I felt like I could just fall over at any moment. I, my, I, I, was, I felt real sinusy and I had a headache and whatever and I was just like, man, what? well, it's an attack, right? The enemy is attacking. And I just, obviously, I prayed and whatever. You know what helped me get over it? I slept for two and a half hours this afternoon. Naps are good. <laughs> Naps are wonderful. It was wonderful. <laughs> So I was up in Jamie's office up there for an hour and a half and there wasn't anybody around. You, I'm sure Pastor Karen, did you hear me snoring at all? Okay. You okay? What? Okay. I woke up a couple times. I think I woke myself up from snoring and I was like, oh gosh, I hope Pastor Karen didn't hear that. But it was wonderful. It rest. He gave me rest. I'm like, but God, wait, I gotta get ready for tonight. I mean, I've got all this stuff I gotta go on and I, you know, and I have to, have to do this. I have to, you know, I have to change the, the, the slides on our TV down and, you know, and I have all this work to do and, you know, and I have all this. And he's like, go to sleep for crying out loud. Just take a nap. Like, okay. And so I did. You want, you, you have your, you want to tell your? Hold on. I have something. <clears throat> Just as he was talking, I know a lot of us, um, we could be applying this to ourselves and like, what do I do? What do I do if I have fear of man, if I'm struggling with something like that? Um, but a lot of us are leaders, actually, and we have a lot of people coming to us looking for answers, looking for what do I do, and the temptation for us to do this to other people and then also do this, is to put expectations on people and give them answers and give them what to do instead of turning them back to the Father, right? So when you're having people come to you, what should I do, what should I do? The first thing, it's the same thing we should do for ourselves, is bring it to the Father. What does the Father want? And what if, what if we just freed them from that expectation? Because we have, you know, right, we have loved ones that we're praying for to come to the Lord. Maybe you have kids, spouse, whatever, that aren't quite doing it the way we think they should be doing it because <clears throat> they should be doing more of this or they should be doing more of that. Do, we should be doing more of this. And don't they know that the word of God says that? And don't they know? And suddenly we are trading the gospel. Suddenly we are doing exactly what he's been talking about all night long. 
and we can do it to the ones that are closest to us. Release them. What if they didn't? What if they didn't? You still have to take out the garbage. But what, <laughs> what, if, what if we just didn't? What if, you're, if, something, if you're doing something out of the wrong motive, and God has done this for me, and he just, John just told an example of this. Well, I need to do this for you, Lord, and I do this for you, Lord. And he's like, maybe just don't. What if, what if you just took a nap? But the one that John wanted me to share was when I was pregnant with um, our third born. We had an ultrasound that didn't look good, <clears throat> and it was a negative report. And I left, and I was whoa, freaking out. No, wait, was it our third born or was it Simeon? Oh, well, it was our fourth. And um, I was freaking out, and I was try- I did you know t- phone a friend and say pray for me, but I was trying to pray and trying to claim the scriptures and do the things they need to do and. Lord, what am I going to do? And blah, 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 whatever. And he spoke to me. He's like, take a nap. I was like, what? I mean, I was pregnant, so like probably good. So I laid down, I took a nap, and when I woke up, his peace just started flooding over me and words of scripture started coming. It was just a gift. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to work it up. And the next ultrasound, everything changed. I mean, everything changed. Yeah. It was a totally different report. But I didn't have to do anything. His words were, take a nap. Mm-hmm. And then, probably because he could get a word in edgewise that way when he got me when I was first waking up. But anyway, Amen. but that's the heart. Release people in your life to hear from the Lord. Point them back to the Lord. And even if it means, you know, like you want your spouse, I'm making something up here because I don't want to touch too close to home for anyone, but maybe you want your spouse to go do this church thing with you and they won't go and you want them and it would just be so much better if they didn't darn it don't they know that it'd be good for them and they just can't do it with a good attitude and they can't do it for the right motivation release them give them back to the lord and say you know what i like you don't need to go because we're not we're wanting them to follow jesus we want people to do things with the heart of following jesus and if we manipulate cajole Whatever, we are tra- we're, we're doing what they did to the Galatians. And we don't want that. God wants better for us. Amen. Amen. All right, so we rest in him. So we rest. We rest. You know, we sang about it tonight, being, being in rest. Rest in him. And just to finish that scripture, it says... Come to me, all you who, la- who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He will give you rest. Did you know rest is a gift? It's a gift. He gives it to you. Yeah. He gives us rest. And it's a gift of his. It's from, it's, it's from his very heart. It's the heart of Jesus is to have us rest and not strive so much. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rests, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know that word easy can also be translated to kindly? Be rendered kindly? For my yoke is kind 
and my burden is light, right? He's, his, it's his kindness. In his kindness, we find rest, right? The yoke that we carry, this approval of man is a yoke that we carry that's heavy. And it's, it, it weighs us down and it prevents us from doing the things fully that God wants us to do and to walk in those. It's the very heart of Christ is to, for us to have rest. It, the, the word talks about rest a lot. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, an important topic. You know, they, they, you know, he talks about the Sabbath. We're supposed to take some time and rest. Physical, mental, spiritual, right? When we just, when we, when we are, when, the, when it says in Psalm 46, be still, be still and know that I am the Lord and know that I am God, right? I think in, in modern terms would be shut up. And just know that I'm God. I don't think God would say that. I don't know. But that's, what, you know, that's how I would take it, right? Just be quiet for once. Stop talking so much. And listen. He wants to teach us some things, right? Just be still and know that he's God. Just rest in that. We started with uh, Ezekiel 47 and going deeper with God. And, you know, the approval of man will prevent us from going deeper with God. You know, when we are seeking that approval of man, it's gonna prevent us from going deeper because we're worried about that praise from them. We're worried about pleasing man. We're worried about, you know, gaining their approval and whatever and instead of just resting in him and going deeper with him. You know, we just rest in that. When you go deeper, it's, it is restful. If you want to go deeper with him, you will have to rest in his approval and allow him to fulfill his purpose in you to the fullest extent. Amen? So rest in him. You know, I don't know if anybody deals with this in here. I don't know if anyone's, if, that is, if, if that's you and you say, yeah, I kind of, kind of struggle with, with the approval of man. I mean, I, I, you know, I want, to, I want to please people and sometimes it gets in the way of, of what God wants me to do. Sometimes it gets in the way of, um, you know, of fulfilling his purpose in my life. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And I want to just be able to break that, that, that yoke, that bondage that is, on, that is on you, that keeps us bound. You know, you've ever watched somebody that, um, it was just a pic, image, picture that, um, that I got as I was preparing for this. You ever seen anybody that's in shackles? You know, they're in, they're in handcuffs and shackles and whatever. You ever see their hands and, their, and how their body, their posture is or their, you know, their body language? They're like this, right? Bound like this. Somebody that's free, like this, free, amen? So if you find that that is, if you're saying, yep, that, that's me, it's something I, I struggle with. It's something that, if you wouldn't mind, Katie, would you mind just playing a little bit? If you see, if that's you, maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe you guys all have this, you know, mastered and, uh, you know, it's not a problem. But I want to pray for you. I want to just uh, pray that, that God breaks that off of you. And uh, 
freeze from you. Yeah, you can move that, thanks. So Katie's gonna play here. Um, I'm gonna pray for everybody else, and, and uh, if you, <laughs> if you wanna come up, I, I'll pray for you, I'll be up here. Um, Otherwise, we can, we, can, everybody, we can be dismissed and you can go or whatever, but hang out if you want to worship a little longer. Katie's going to play for a little bit, but I'm just, I'll be up here. I, I want to pray for you and, and pray over you and break that bondage that, that you might be finding yourself in. So, amen? So, Father God, we thank you so much for, we thank you that you approve of us. Father, we thank you that you are Already, you said that you are pleased with us. Father, we thank you that in Christ we can have rest. Lord God, that we can have that easy yoke and that, e- that light burden. We don't have to be burdened down with trying to... Ap- uh, to trying to please men and trying to gain their approval. So that's, you're the one we're trying to, to please and to seek your approval, Lord God, and I just thank you that it's already done. And so, Lord, I just pray for the rest of this evening, Lord God, that you would just bless each and every person here with every spiritual blessing that you've said in your word. I just pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.